0: ESCAPE
1: THE DUNGEON! Hello everybody, this is Escape the Dungeon, the podcast where we ask you to join us as we explore the world beyond the world's oldest role-playing game. My name is Mike Cripps. I will be your host and game master. I am joined by three stellar players Zach Brass.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: Dom Brass. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Nate Brass.
3: Hi, Internet. Hope you're having a great day today.
1: Each session, we will be playing a different tabletop role playing game. This season we are playing Scum and Villainy, a forged in the dark game, published by Evil Hat Productions.
4: Ooh, wow!
0: Wow, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: thanks, thanks for matching my energy, guys. I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out the the best way, you know, to attract listeners to introduce the show, and I thought going for like a. Uh, NPR, you know, all things considered, kind of thing, you know, could be could be our vibe, could be our uh, our, our our niche.
3: Yeah, let's just play the whole game in a really relaxed state,
4: just just kind of calm. Yeah, no, this is definitely <laughs> like we figured it out, guys. We we've got it. This was it the whole time.
2: Assuming NPR still exists by the time this comes out, given. You
1: know. <laughs> you know, let's let's not set anything in stone. Let's not get uh, ahead of ourselves here. I've got a I've got a few other styles uh, I think might be interesting to try out. Um, so listeners, you know, stay tuned. Uh, help us decide <laughs> what our n- intro genre should be. Yeah,
2: you can you can actually go on our app our- <laughs> and vote in between you episodes can't. whichever one gets the most votes. That's what we'll do next. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. That's yeah. the dumbest I hate you i swear we don't pre-record these by the season
1: (laughs) so uh send your vote for however you think we should introduce the show next episode to
3: i think we should do an animatic
4: (laughs) Uh, can't we just release um content and just have fans do that for us
1: Uh, Guys, I I have a um, top of the show banter idea uh, for this episode. I'm worried it might be a little too mean and you guys might get mad
4: at me.
2: Well, now you have to bring it up. Well, I mean,
4: (laughs) you know, we might get mad, but, uh, you know, if I'm that mad, we'll just cut it out. Uh, What's the
1: fun (laughs) in cutting it out?
4: I don't know yet. I don't know.
1: I need you guys to uh, be with me on this. I need you guys to uh, consent to this.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, all right, do, all do right, you trust
2: all
4: right. me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, within reason. Yeah, within <laughs> reason.
1: Okay, he, here's my here's my banter for this week. Uh, so between, uh, the last episode and now, um, I have become a newly engaged man. Um, Ooh, yes. Okay. Yes, all thank right. You. Yep. Yep thank you uh my fiance becky and i are very happy very excited uh immediately everybody just starts asking like so do you have a date set do you have a venue set and we're like dog we <laughs> did this a day ago <laughs> like how much are we supposed to have planned so far
2: <laughs> yeah that's exactly why i didn't ask you that <laughs> <laughs>
1: So uh, my banter for the top of the episode is um, why are you guys single? Why, why, why do you guys think you haven't, uh, you know, found the right partner yet? <laughs> what is it about the three of you that makes you so unlovable? Oh my well, God. I'm sorry, like, <laughs>
2: but not all of us just happen to meet our future wife literally at our friend's wedding, just <laughs> mysteriously. Like, like the plot out of a freaking movie move in together and right? it just happens to work out for six years years to the point where you're getting engaged <laughs> like that doesn't actually normally happen to people uh like actually our friends in fact I said let's let me just get let me just have a little bit of a rant here to begin with you know our immediate high school group of the four of us that initially started playing uh the game that shall not be named together for the first time we got Voldemort Mike here who meets uh his future wife um, for the first time, just at a wedding and like just it moves across the country uh to live with her and it just happens to work out like six years later perfectly, you know. Uh the the one whose wedding that uh, that you met her at, that you met Becky at, that was our friend who mysteriously met his wife while abroad in China.
4: Mysterious studying abroad. <laughs> it sounds so sinister.
2: Yeah, um, and, uh, no, I know, but, like, you know, I mean, great, you know, they're two of my best friends, but, like, you know... That whole thing, I mean, it's all it's a complicated story, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah,
4: I mean, that's a lot Um,
2: and like not even just the China thing, like our whole thing sounds like a freaking movie. And then, you know, our other friend is like, oh, yeah, by the way, I uh, married this girl I had a crush on back in high school after we never dated years apart, had our whole entire love lives and then decided in our mid to late 20s, you know what, we're going to settle down together.
1: That's all very that's all very interesting, Zach. But it doesn't answer my question about why nobody loves you.
3: I'm really bad at texting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, oh, that's, and uh, that's real. I don't know how to regulate emotion through texts, and that can be very <laughs> off putting uh, to someone uh, in the beginning stages of a relationship. That's my answer. <laughs> I'm i uh, I'm
4: a lone wolf, guys.
2: <laughs> Alright, I've got ambitions. I've got
4: drives. I can't be held down right now. Alright. He's afraid of sex. Wow. That's uh, Wow, okay, dude. I see how low blow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty messed up, but whatever, man. I didn't make fun of your answer. <laughs> you can, it's it's true.
1: Uh, Nate, I'm I'm curious because you are the youngest of us. Um, how do I mean? Because really, you're like on the cusp of Gen Z. Really,
2: you know, not even the cusp. I'm Generation Ant. Well,
1: what are the What are the Zoomers doing these days? Like, do, are they are are they Tinderin? Are you Tinderin? Uh, are we beyond Tinder?
2: i think tinder's for old people now isn't it
3: is is tinder the facebook of dating apps now tinder is for hookups um if you Mm. want a relationship hinge and bumble are kind of more uh, for that bumble's kind of in between hinge and tinder i genuinely don't even know what hinge is Uh, uh, it's it's a it's a dating app. You should. You should. They're better.
2: I don't really use online dating anymore. It's just, a, you know what? I've had way more success it's meeting people randomly. And, yeah,
3: because so you use Tinder. Randomly. No one No one gets a good date from Tinder. You get a decent fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best you'll
2: get. Yeah, I mean, look. I, I mean, if... It's just a whole thing. You know how much time and effort you got to put into online dating? I don't care about you until like at least the third date. Damn. Savage. I mean, look, honestly, uh, yo girl,
4: I'm not I'm not about it, all right? We we got to go on a good couple of dates. Online dating
3: kind of gets rid of that shitty first date. Like the first I feel like the first date becomes like the first two dates kind of of like you already know a little bit. You don't have to uh, do as much bullshit, and especially the older I get, the more people are like, "Hey, we've been through these online dates. Let's cut the bullshit," um, which is great.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's one thing that I uh, I've had more success with. I have found something awesome since
3: I've turned twenty five. Like my my radius of people that will actually match me uh, has has gone up, <laughs> and so I've gone on like a few dates with like women in like their thirties or like way late twenties and it's awesome they'll like pay they'll pay for their themselves on dates it's it's
4: beautiful (laughs) oh my god
2: yeah um no uh it's true when you go on a date with a girl that's a few like because i went on a couple of dates with this doctor a few years ago who was like 36 and i was like 29 at the time and um it was great because she always offered to pay for everything um and I would sometimes say no. I would even offer to pay, but like she was like, nah, look, you know, I'm a doctor and um you're not. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's why yeah, we're, we're doing no. a podcast, Zach. All right, we
4: don't got time for doctoring. We're a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the important jobs need to get done, guys. Come on. Real,
1: so I I guess Dom is saying that we should start playing,
2: huh? That's right.
1: sector. After a perilous chase through the jungles of Akiti, our fearless bounty hunters, Crash, Cypher, and Gorpheus, have successfully bound the ferocious Fariniki in a snare. With their quarry captured, the crew's success seems all but certain, and Payday looms on the horizon. But the lives of bounty hunters are never free from threats for too long. Join us as we find out what comes next in the story of the Phoenix Third.
2: Team, team, team. This is the Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Recorded in April. I don't know what it is, Captain, but that uh, intro guy sounded more sinister today
3: i know because it's a podcast it's it it can be hard to notice but we did change the filter on all of our cameras
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're gonna have to wait for season two the uh the the cam podcast the the video cast (laughs) it's what we're building towards
1: uh, so before we get too deep into the story here, I want to talk to you guys about a little bit of gameplay stuff, mechanics, nitty gritty, yeah,
2: bang. Yeah, you asked us to read about this, I, uh, I didn't, I was done, <laughs> but then obviously, you know, we had to delay everything by an hour, that took up my afternoon.
1: We're not getting to the thing I asked you to read about yet, <laughs> we're, okay. getting, we're, we're
2: starting
4: with a different thing.
2: Good, good. All right, well, just know now I didn't do my homework.
4: <laughs> <laughs> just comes into class. It's like, look, Professor Johnson, I didn't do it. I didn't thank do the you, homework. Thank you
1: for your honesty, Zach.
4: Let's set the
2: expectations low.
1: So um, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about um, progression in this game. And... Um, How this works by the book is at the end of every session, you're supposed to go through a list of questions about uh, both your individual characters and your crew to see if... you met certain requirements to gain uh experience points for lack of a better term um towards various things now because we're doing like an hour episodes and um really only (laughs) like 45 minutes of gameplay uh we're not doing that during ...at the end of each session, because that wouldn't accurately reflect uh, what a normal gameplay session is like. So every three to four episodes, um, I want us to check in and go over whether or not you've earned XP. So if you guys look at your character sheets, each of you has a series of questions, and we're going to go through those real quick... And if the answer to those questions is yes, you are going to gain experience. Um, if they're if the answers are no, you're not going to gain experience. But they're questions that are sort of designed to drive you to play your character in a certain way, true to. Y- your own vision of the character. Um, so take some time, look over those those XP questions. Um, and if in the past few episodes you have done those things, um, you, let, well, let's talk about it. Zach, let's start with you. Uh, you've got, because you're playing the scoundrel playbook... Um, you've got basically some XP triggers, these questions that are specific to playing a scoundrel. Um, what 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 is your specific question and uh, do you think you did it in the past few episodes?
2: Yeah, um, so I do because it's you addressed a tough challenge with, charm or audacity and i would say i've definitely addressed a tough challenge with audacity (laughs) over the past uh couple of sessions i mean some of the stuff that we tried was a little bit insane and i definitely don't think that you were expecting us to use our sleep dart on the other hunter (laughs) so i'd count that as audacious (laughs)
1: um yeah do you think you did that multiple times or do you think you really only did that like once or maybe twice
2: i mean i would say probably like twice you know between the initial um like deciding to take out the hunter and you know ram down some of his teammates and then the high speed chase through the woods i think that probably counts as about two things
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that sounds right. I think you I think you were uh multiply audacious. So you're going to go ahead and mark 2 XP on your playbook advancement. Um how about uh Gorpheus, Dom? What what is Gorpheus's playbook question?
4: The second one, we're going with you addressed a tough challenge with the wisdom of the way.
1: Do you feel you did that as Gorpheus in the
4: past few episodes? So, on a, you know, douchey mechanical thing, I could be like, he used his magic, but I, I didn't really <laughs> feel like he did anything particularly wise. Like, I think there was some wisdom, but yeah, I I wouldn't quite say that he did that, no.
1: Okay, if you don't feel that way, you are not going to mark uh, XP for your playbook.
4: Yeah, but, absolutely um, not.
1: Keep that in mind, like, as we continue, that... In order to advance, uh, you're going to have to be maybe a little wiser. <laughs> um, Nate, how about Cypher? What is your question as the pilot?
3: Uh, Cypher's question is, you addressed a tough challenge with speed or flair.
1: And do you feel you've done that adequately?
3: I believe, yes, that Cypher is Full of speed, full of flair, um, I would say the grappling hook, uh, get out of the uh, position would count as some flair, um, trying to, you know, kind of control the plants and the, uh, Grand Fariniki using, uh, speed, I think cypher successfully managed to accomplish this
1: uh yeah i would totally agree so if you feel you adequately did that you know once you can mark one xp uh if you think that that occurred multiple times you can mark two xp Um, And then there are a few things that are more general beyond just your playbook. If you guys feel that you have expressed your character's beliefs, drives, heritage, or background, you can also mark uh, 1 XP if you feel you did that like once over the last few episodes, or uh, 2 XP if you think you did that multiple times. Uh, And the same thing for if you struggled with issues from your vice or traumas during the session. Um, Anyone going to mark any XP for that? For either of those?
2: I'm not going to. I do, however, have uh, two previous um, experience marked from every time I roll a desperate action. Those are
3: directly to the skills that you rolled.
1: Yes, those are not playbook XP. Those are... uh, attribute xp oh yeah so those would nice. go in either insight prowess or resolve depending on the desperate action that you rolled
2: beautiful well scrap of scrapped both
0: times <laughs>
3: <laughs> um i'm going to mark one um because cypher uh suffers from the trauma of that uh makes them reckless um and i believe their entire plan of I will lure the Grand Fereniki, um while you guys set up this trap and I'll just be bait and this will be awesome uh, was absolutely in bonkers insane and very reckless.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. So go ahead and you can mark one XP for that. Uh, Dom, you going to mark any additional XP for any of those other triggers?
4: Yeah, so I think the you struggled with an issue from your vice or trauma during the session Mm -hmm. uh i i think that gorpheus uh struggled a little bit with his uh anti-violence uh and oath to not kill people anymore uh he didn't actually have to kill someone but uh i had to use a baton instead of a laser sword and that was pretty traumatic for me
1: I don't know if I agree that that was something that uh, was reflected from your vice or trauma, but definitely uh, from your beliefs and background. Um, so yeah, yeah let's go ahead and uh, you can mark an XP for that. Um, in the future, we won't uh, spend quite as much time on going through these individual things, but I just wanted to give our audience a little taste of what... Uh, earning XP for your characters actually looks like Um, and in three or four more episodes we might just rapid fire go through who's marking XP for how they played their character over the next few episodes Um, in addition to your individual XP your crew is also going to gain some XP Um, because you are a group of bounty hunters You are going to earn XP if you execute a successful extraction operation or capture of a bounty. Do you guys think you've done this? I believe so.
4: Yeah, Yeah. we definitely did that. That was like the thing we did. Yeah, that was the main (laughs) thing even, (laughs) I'd argue.
1: Yeah, 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 hard to argue against. You did uh, capture the Grand Fariniki. So you're going to gain one XP from for your bounty hunter crew playbook uh you're also gonna mark xp if you think you've contended with challenges above your current station if you've bolstered your crew's reputation or developed a new one or if you have expressed the goals drives inner conflict or essential nature of the crew you guys feel like you did any of those things
2: yeah kind of um I mean, first off, we were super successful in our mission. We definitely pissed some people off that will probably remember it. And, uh, I mean, in general, I felt like the whole operation just really stunk of our our style of operation.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's some fair
3: points.
2: Yeah, I think our, our
3: uh, reputation is fearless, and so I think being like yeah we'll catch a grand fariniki on a couple speeder bikes uh kind of just matches our our reputation
2: and you know what we're gonna do it right under the nose of this famous bounty hunter
1: yeah yeah i think that's all fair um so i think yeah you guys can uh mark let's say two more xp for your crew playbook uh, there are, what is that, eight segments on the XP tracks for all these different things. Your attributes, your your character playbooks, your crew playbook. Whenever you hit eight, uh, you essentially level up, we'll say. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, just keep that in mind. Um, with all of that covered, let's jump back into the action. So... You guys have successfully wrapped up the Grand Fariniki in this metallic magnetic trap that Gorpheus used his uh, power over the way to unleash and ensnare this predator this 15 foot long reptilian cat-like monstrosity with three tongues and razor sharp claws and it is thrashing against the uh the the trap that it is captured in but because of how effectively you all um really brought it down at close range and with the staring plan it doesn't seem like it's gonna escape anytime soon. Which means that your job here on the planet Akiti is essentially done.
4: Ooh, that was easy? We did it, Captain Crash!
2: Alright, boys. We're gonna eat well tonight. Well, well, after we get paid at least. Yeah,
4: that's right. <laughs> I thought you were talking about that
2: the Fariniki. I was like, we shouldn't
4: eat that. Oh, no, that, no, no. no. It doesn't eat... seem like a oh. good idea considering, you know, we could get paid for it. But no, you thing we spot it. You get it. We're going to the best space club in the galaxy. <laughs> Is that the best investment of our new goals? We could, you know, upgrade the ship or something? Oh, come
2: on. Don't you want to live a little?
4: Well, I suppose um yeah, sure. If that's what we're doing, I guess.
2: <laughs> that's the spirit. Anyway, first, our payday, am I right? <laughs> yeah, oh,
4: we should get out of here. Like, right now.
2: Yeah, so, uh, let's, uh, kind of get this thing attached to the, the bigger bike here. Maybe we can tie it between the two, you know? Uh, is the other
4: bike in working condition, Cypher?
2: Oh, no, you're right. Uh
4: We could, uh... Send someone to get the ship. And bring it over here.
2: Uh, I would suggest we maybe move pretty quickly. Um, there may be some people looking for us. I was getting some way vibes,
4: you know, but not like the new way, the proper way. No, like the
2: old way. Not good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I I wasn't even. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm thinking about the fact that uh, we just took out a team of highly trained hunters back there, and well, I I don't know how long they're gonna stay down. If you you catch my drift, so maybe we want to get out of here before they decide to hunt us. That is a good plan.
4: Yeah, let's definitely get out of here.
2: All right, so we're gonna try and uh, you know, I don't know, attach this Fereniki to the speeder.
1: Yeah, I think your, your two-seater probably has like some kind of latch or something that you can use to like drag cargo um, that you can sort of jerry-rig to uh, drag the captured Grand Fariniki behind you as you go. The other, the single-seater that Cypher was on, is pretty badly damaged. Um, it is not currently in flying condition because those claws of the creature just really just rended right through it. Um, but I think you, you're you also able to uh, like attach that as well to drag, but you're going to be moving pretty slow through the jungle.
2: Well, we got to do what we got to
4: do. Okay, this is fine. I'm not worried at all.
2: Alright, well, obviously I should pilot, since Cypher already destroyed his speeder. What are you talking about? I am much better pilot than you. Well, I mean, evidence suggests otherwise. <laughs> Look at- I was the bait! The bait is supposed to get attacked!
4: Then you were here? You trapped the being? That was a perfect mission!
2: All right. All right. Fine. I, I, it was an all right mission. More perfect if. Well, anyway, look. Fine. Fine. You do your thing. I guess I'm paying you for something. <laughs>
4: yeah. No. I. I agree. I think Cipher should do the driving. Captain thinks he's a better driver.
1: And uh, so the the three of you uh, hop on the two seater bike and start to slowly hover through the jungle back to the base camp where your ship the Phoenix 13 is currently docked. You're like looking over your your shoulders the entire time, um waiting, just waiting for either the hunters that you encountered before, or perhaps this strange order of mystics that Gorpheus has felt out there in the jungle. But you drive through the night, and as uh, the sun rises in the Akiti sky the next morning, uh, exhausted, you pull into the base camp station. Um, The Grand Fariniki doesn't really stop fighting the entire time, but is not able to get out of this trap that Gorpheus uh has ensnared it in but when you pull like through the checkpoint into the uh into the actual base camp the soldiers there just like immediately back up to give you a wide berth they're like looking around at each other like what are what are we gonna do Oh, uh, that's a Grand Nikki. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do when there is a uh, a sharp whistle in the uh, that pierces the silence, and you see what looks to be like the captain of this border guard, uh, that is that is stationed here, looking down uh, on you, and there's like this big turret on the wall that has rotated to pivot and stare down at you as this soldier hops off the uh, hops off the turret and begins slowly descending the stairs towards you all.
4: Hello there, We are big game hunters. As you can see, we are here to uh, get back to the ship. Good to see you. And,
1: uh, as you, you see the soldier, uh, as she walks towards you, you can see, like, bags under her eyes. She looks very tired, but she's, like, staring intently at each of you. She, uh, holds herself with, with, you know, intensity. And she says, Hello. My name is Asha Ravan. And I am the commander of Base Camp 1. I see you have brought a threat, contained as it may be, into my command. What is the meaning of this?
2: Why, hello, Commander. You see, me and my crew of highly expert mercenaries uh, captured this... this... well... you can hardly call it a threat now, can you? It was a bit of child's play, if I do say so myself. But uh, we captured this uh, this beast, and, uh, well, we're going to take it on our way soon enough. We just need to replenish our supplies, and we'll be right out of your hair. Unless you want us to stay for a while.
1: She looks over you, Crash and says you are not welcome to stay a while in my base as long as that thing remains here she reaches into her pocket and pulls like what, what would look like a, a remote detonator or trigger or something like that and she gives it a light press and you see the uh, the turret that she was on at the top of the wall that is now pointed down to you, just a little a little burst of flame erupts out of it, just as like a little
4: display. Oh, guess we're not staying for drinks then.
2: Well, it will. We'll just replenish our supplies and we'll be out of your hair.
1: If you wish to replenish your supplies here while you keep that thing in your presence. And a small smirk spreads across her face. Well, I'm afraid that um, I must ask you to pay some fees.
2: Well, now, 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 no. What we'll do is, Cypher, Cypher, why don't you stay and watch it? We'll just go in there and get everything we need.
4: No, I- could we just- I mean, we can take off now, right? Like, immediately. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Captain, maybe we should, uh, just, uh, leave this place? These people, they seem like they are, uh, how you say, uh, cowards? I don't know. That wasn't- that wasn't good. She glares at Cypher.
2: I mean- are afraid of a big old pussycat cat now, aren't you?
4: Uh, he's a robot, and Crash is Captain Crash got hit in the head. We we just we just want to leave. We're fine. Sekranferaniki is uh, cold-blooded. That, uh, that is enough of a weakness that you should not fear a simple animal in a cage. Is it cold? She
1: points at Cypher's leg, which is still like sparking. steaming, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like just wires exposed.
3: Just <laughs> because, smoking a little bit the yeah. entire time we're talking.
1: <laughs> Seems like it got you pretty good there, Urbot. Oh, oh
4: no, no. He uh... The, yeah. a part of the plan. The, uh, the bike it, it was a little slow. Yeah, he, he crashed
3: so much, uh, his speeder. I didn't craft the speeder. There was a a little issue with the speeder. It was not very good. We should fix it.
2: Yeah, we probably need to update his programming a little bit. Maybe he's uh for maybe he's in due of a hey, software hey,
3: I
4: find that very oh that, that is not okay. It is very irresponsible to uh like wipe the mind of a living being, and that is Robots should not be memory wiped. The
3: updates are very bad for us. They uh, keep us from
4: being uh, living, breathing uh, non-slaves. You know? I mean, like literally. I don't know if that's true, but like, like on a kind of social, I read like the book on this, it is true. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, uh... mostly agree with you though.
2: Well, look, fine. We, we're, we're just gonna get out of your hair. Um, Yeah, we're just gonna uh, take off, it'll be You know, thanks for your hospitality. Uh, we'll be sure to visit.
1: She puts uh, a hand on
2: your shoulder, Crash.
1: And she says, perhaps I was being a little too subtle. She, like, gives a gesture to the guards to, like that are all around to go back to their normal duties, uh, which they tentatively do. And then she leans in close to you, Crash, and whispers, I know what the three of you are up to. Hunters don't go out there and bring back a Grand Fariniki if there isn't a rather big payday coming towards them if you want the privilege of using my port then i get a little cut of that
2: well you want to know something else hunters don't do go after a grand fariniki if they already have money yeah we don't have any money to this uh this is our dinner for the next month so to speak So, uh, unfortunately, we're at a little bit of a standstill here. You can either let us go, and, you know, we'll remember it, and maybe next time we're looking for some cash, we'll swing by here and cut you in on the deal from the start. But if you're looking to shake someone down, the best we got is a giant killer cat that we could, I suppose, release if that's what you're asking.
1: Damn so here's what i'd like from you guys um you can either make some kind of action roll to try and you know negotiate out of this talk your way out of this like like you're trying to do here um or you can pay uh some creds you do have two creds uh, as a crew i'll remind you obviously you don't have to do that um but if you don't or if you try to roll and it doesn't work out well for you may- maybe some kind of consequence maybe not like a super terrible one but you know maybe some kind of
3: consequence um could we once it was obvious that this uh lady was trying to fleece us no matter what yeah um which would she is. it be acceptable for crash to distract her while Cypher tries to sneak onto the
4: ship. Oh my god!
3: Uh, I, I
1: suppose, um, tell, tell me what, tell me what you're trying to do.
3: Uh, Cypher's trying to get on the ship while uh, she is distracted and begin a hot exit. A <sighs> uh classic phoenix 13 hot exit um as we've discussed before our ship is somewhat of a uh refurbished tow truck um and so i believe this hook would be able to grab the grand fariniki's cage if we fucking nailed it (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's super
1: interesting. I like it. What kind? What action roll uh, would you guys like to use to try and accomplish this?
2: Well, I would need to distract her, presumably.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I think so, you're I mean, basically doing right now. Yeah. So
3: I think that would be a helm from Cipher with an aid action, possibly.
2: Yeah, maybe a sway or whatever. However, whatever order. you Or yeah, go. if you
3: want him to roll for the distraction, that that's. Um I don't think that's necessary like
1: if you if you're really only trying to like keep her talking um and, and like not trying to sway the conversation in one direction or the other I don't think that's a necessary role um but to yeah so so cipher as uh, they try to sneak onto the ship perform the hot exit um sure a helm a helm roll sounds good to me um we'll call this a risky standard helm roll
3: okay I like to think like once she started uh going and at us the captain just kind of put a hand behind his back and like made yeah. a symbol for <laughs> like
4: hot exit let's go
2: <laughs> maneuver um, alpha right. it's alpha because it's the one we do the most <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, you said risky. Yes, risky standard. Um, and then would that be one bonus dice?
1: Um, if uh, if crash is taking
3: stress to actually do the, like aid action. Oh, that's true. Never mind. Um, I believe we have one gambit left from crits.
1: That is true. You might have some gambits left.
2: Uh, I can do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, if. If your ship character sheet is up to date, you have three gambits.
3: Uh, we used at least one of those and I forgot Yeah, there's,
2: to
1: yeah, there's no way we have three. Okay, so we'll say I, I you have it's two. two gambits.
3: Yeah, 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 I thought
2: we had at least one, but... But we can definitely use one. Yeah, let's definitely use one.
3: So that's one, and then are either of you guys aiding or no?
4: I will aid! Oh no! Just kidding. I'm not taking a stress. Well, I'll take a stress. I, no, I mean, I'm I can't doing do that. <laughs> <devastating>. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't. I forgot. That's what you need to do. Today. Oh man, uh, that's a four.
1: Uh, a four, a four on a risky uh, roll is you do it, but there's a consequence, and the consequence here is that uh, you're gonna get a little bit more heat from this job. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, what what happens is as. Um, cypher sneaks off to get onto the phoenix 13 gorpheus and crash remain on the the hover bike still Tr- you know crash keeping this ca- uh this commander of the base camp talking and all of a sudden the phoenix 13 like smoke erupts from its its jets uh it like shakes off the ground the commander like pivots to look at at what's happening as all of a sudden a ship just rockets to life flies dangerously low uh, through the base camp dragging a tow truck hook a giant tow truck hook uh, along the ground before it catches on the uh on the hover bike so now the as the Phoenix 13 takes off into the sky uh, flying beyond the base camp and into the jungle it is dragging the, uh, the two-seater hover bike which Gorpheus and Crash are holding onto for dear life as that drags the, uh, the damaged hover bike and the trapped Grand Fariniki which just is hissing up a storm as the ship flies (laughs) off into the sky and all, all, all these soldiers are like running to their stations but are not able to make it in time before uh the the ship is off in the horizon Good
4: riddance, cowards! <laughs> okay! This is fine. I'm not stressed out. I've got the way. The new way on my side. I'm not freaking out at all. This is great. <coughs> this is good. Orpheus, your art rate is very high. Are you okay? <laughs> yes! Yes, Cypher, I'm, I'm good. Thank you.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. This is what we were made for, baby. The wind in my face... The sunset behind us,
1: <laughs> and as the ship uh, f- flies off, uh, Cipher, you are able to like retract to the tow line uh, to pull the the sh- the uh, the hover bike and your crew members and the damaged bike and your quarry all into the ship, and the three of you are able to. A maneuver the still-trapped, still-alive Grand Fariniki, still very pissed-off Grand Fariniki, into the brig that you have. Because as bounty hunters, one of the automatic upgrades to your ship is a brig that specifically says in the rule book prevents most attempts to escape.
4: <laughs> oh no!
0: Love
2: it. Um, I mean, you know, I think that's fair and reasonable. I also think that, you know, if we had a infamous bounty hunter locked in there, he may be able to easily escape this. But hopefully, this creature won't. No, dude. no, no that's crazy, man. No one's getting out of there. You know, uh, most likely it's the most reliable brig I've ever seen. As well, aside from the ones in space prison. You don't yeah, want to no, go there.
4: I, I, yeah, that's not. That's not good. Have you been to space prison?
2: Well, I don't really like <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> ah.
4: <laughs> I see. I, you know what? I hey, I haven't been through it, so you know, props, man. That's our captain for you. You know, been through a lot. I get it, though.
1: So, a few things. Um, one. Uh, so, this whole job was initially like you got the tip. Uh, uh, on it from one of Cypher's friend uh, what what was the name Cypher? Yatu. Yatu so Yatu a crime boss was the one who initially tipped you off that they knew somebody who would pay well if you could get like uh, uh, a beast you know uh, a trophy beast uh, delivered to them and Yatu told you that If you were able to manage this, meet them on the planet of Mem, which is in the Holt system, which is the furthest system from you as you fly away from Akiti. Uh, You're going to have to do a few jumps through the basically uh, sector-connecting gates uh, system-connecting gates, um, and uh, you should get there in, you know, a matter of, like, a couple days. Um, Another thing I want to point out for you guys is that your ship does not have a certain upgrade because it doesn't come for free with the Bounty Hunter ship. Um, and that is the Nexus Link, which is basically uh like a wi-fi router. <laughs> so while you are aboard the ship, you actually have no way of like inter system communications. Um <laughs> that's you can, amazing. You can <laughs> you have like hailing frequencies for if there's like local ships you're trying to communicate with. But um you're gonna be flying blind for a couple of days as far as what's going on with the outside world if anybody's trying to get a hold of you
2: crash definitely likes that it's a preference <laughs> i sold it
3: i was gonna say I, I bet crash either broke it in a rage one day or bet lost it in a bet he was like <laughs> i can do it without a nexus link and he was gambling and was like "Ah oh, man ah oh, this isn't too bad I'll get one eventually.
2: Yeah, no, that's definitely something along those lines. So anyway, um, the open space, the void.
0: Yeah, it
4: just uh, (laughs) really washes over you, doesn't it? The great emptiness
2: of eternity. You know what that smells like? Desperation? Nothing? It smells like freedom. Freedom. Oh, sorry. I, I had a different thing. We can travel with the universe, man.
4: Yeah, man. That's, it's great. There's tons of crazy, cool cats in the universe.
2: That's what I like to hear. That's why you're here. That's why you're
4: still here. There's some bad people, too. Zero hopelessness going on with me right now. No worries.
2: Well, we're working on it.
4: I, I'm a little stressed out, though.
2: Uh. Have a beer. Well, don't have a beer. I think there's only two left, and I, I don't know when we're going to get any more, so... We'll, we'll save those for something special, but, uh... Yeah, yeah, special occasion beer. I like that.
1: Um, anything in particular you guys have in mind? Any scenes you'll want to have, or anything, uh, for over the next couple days as you travel to the planet Mem? Um... Or any anything you want to do specifically about the Fariniki that is uh, alive and angry in your brig?
2: Well, we'll experiment feeding it. Uh, I, I like to picture that uh, we feed it tinned, hot cut-up hot dogs from, like, a can. I mean, that's what we would <laughs> feed it, yeah. Those are cheap, you know, and we definitely have some of them because of how cheap they are, and they go well in the instant noodles. There you go. So, uh, so we've got these little, little tins of uh, little, like, chopped up hot dogs in that terrible water. Oh, the beautiful
4: hot dog water.
2: <laughs> we just put the whole thing in, like, on, like, you know, a big old plate, Uh, and uh, presumably there's like a food slot tray through the grid or something because there's no way we're opening that door with that thing in there you know I mean Mm -hmm. that thing's definitely going to attack us the second we it's going to actually be a whole thing we're probably going (laughs) to go get to wherever whoever wants it and be like hey look so we got it but it's on our ship and you have to take it off
4: oh my god here's <laughs> the, the customer keys. service <laughs> tell us when it's done
2: yeah <laughs> yeah i hope you've got the stuff <laughs> i used our only dose on a human so
4: <laughs> i um do we have downtime
1: uh you'll get downtime when i tell you you have downtime, Ooh, downtime. okay
4: in that case i'm done
1: i'm done <laughs> Uh, And so you guys spend the next couple days traveling from the Breck system through this, like, large cosmic gate at the end of the system that allows you to basically go warp speed into the Iota system. And then through the Iota system into the Rin system. And of course, like, everything goes, like wonky pinks and purples and blues when you go in- into your your hyper speed. Uh, and then finally, from the RIN system, woo into the Holt system. and you start to embark on the planet mem mem is an ocean planet as you approach like as it as it appears on your sensors it's just like a big blue sphere with almost no landmass. because of course in a sci-fi setting every planet is a single biome there's no <laughs> biodiversity yeah. at all it's I'm just pff- all one Place all one thing, and this is the ocean planet. And <laughs> as you, the only
3: one that gets water, <laughs> how the others have life? Don't ask. Well,
4: well, they have
2: streams and stuff. Just Whoa. streams.
4: <laughs> Just a couple <laughs> of streams for that whole jungle. Plan.
2: It rains, guys. It still rains. It rains, guys. The rainforest planet still has rain.
1: <laughs> but that's the that's the only planet that has rain. It's the rain planet.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the rain planet. Look, Look, if planets have
3: multiple biomes, what's the point of traveling to different ones? Yeah, that exactly. doesn't make
0: sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys begin to embark. Im- this uh, to to descend upon the planet Mem. and as you enter the atmosphere and get to the surface of the planet you do see ocean water as far as the eye can see but jutting up from the oceans are these spires of like glass and iron and metal that form buildings and you can see ships that are landing upon the uh the docking bays of these like transparent spire buildings you see submersibles that are descending into the water until they disappear into the total darkness of the memish sea you see uh all of this as uh you do get a ping on your comm system which you know must be a local ping because you don't have that nexus link
2: ooh, ooh. park beep, 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 park over there beep, 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 beep. there's definitely room over there oh oh hold oh, on there was a
4: parking spot beep, beep, over here
2: no 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 over Wait. all right all right hold on hold on there's no, beep, a there's beep, a call beep, shut up shut up beep, 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 um, cipher you're all right i hit the button
1: in like 720p video pops up (laughs) uh this this flickering image on your comms system of uh cypher your friend yatu um you want to tell me what what how you want to describe yatu
3: i'm gonna be honest the only image that comes to my mind is the villain from monsters inc um, the the guy that was in charge of everything with crab legs, he's kind of fat. Yeah, water nose. Yeah, I
4: know. I, I know. Oh water yeah, nose? yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. So it's like a a, a rotund crab legged Zeno, uh, that appears uh, uh up on the screen. Uh, it is your your old buddy Yatu. Hey Yatu.
2: Oh, what's shaking, my man? We got your. Your alien thing? Yes,
0: excellent, excellent. Well done, cipher and friends. Uh, I knew that you were the right ones to reach out to at this job. Oh, those creds
2: are going to be pouring in, I tell you. Oh, uh, well, you know, uh yeah, so you got any other jobs for us while we're at it? That one was so easy, uh. but we do need to probably work some more because, well, you know, our, our buddy Cypher here broke one of the bikes. One thing at a time, Captain.
0: One thing at a time. First, the delivery.
1: And, like, this guy's crab arms kind of gesture towards you and, like,
0: a... oh, Bring it to me, yes. I will send you the coordinates and... There's a uh, spire You'll know it when you see it That um, a friend of mine Who I've been in touch with Will meet you to accept the delivery On my behalf I put a good word in for the three of you Don't embarrass me Or if you do embarrass me At least make it so that the finder's fee I was paid covers the embarrassment. <laughs> Anything for you, my friend. I'll be in touch, Cypher, if I find
4: more work for you. Good job. We will be, uh, hopefully close enough to hear it.
1: <laughs> As uh, Yatu's image fades away from your comms. And a uh, like homing beacon kind of thing, a location beacon uh, appears on your nav system, cipher. Um, and as you start flying, you know, over the water of this ocean planet in the direction of the, uh, of the, the, the beacon, you see an incredibly large and extravagant, spire just erupting out of the water it's majestic it's extravagant it's made of like gold and gleaming crystal
2: well somebody's compensating for something <laughs>
1: and your your ship the Phoenix 13 heads towards a landing bay on this spire that the beacon is directing you towards.
3: Captain, back away from the controls. I found a spot already.
2: All right.
1: As you gather the Grand Fariniki for transport uh, and begin to exit your ship as the landing bay opens, uh, the air is much cooler than it was on Akiti. It's refreshing. It's... There's like, uh, almost some like delicious salt in the air uh, as you you step outside. Ah,
2: you know, I always wanted to be a sea pirate when I was young. I hate this planet.
1: <laughs> as you, as the three of you descend, you see that waiting... In this landing bay, which is otherwise empty, it looks like a, a private garage almost. Waiting, leaned against a far wall, is a Xeno that has three arms, one of which is considerably smaller than the other, and a squid like face.
4: Dude, it, it looks, looks so gross. gross. Uh,
1: w- what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> do, do I recognize them?
1: I mean, it is definitely one of your species, Gorpheus.
2: Oh, hey, Gorpheus is one of your people, do you know?
4: <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, we don't all know each other. You know that,
2: right? Well, are you sure? He kind of looks like you got, might be related or something.
4: Okay, that's look, that's pretty racist,
2: uh, Captain no, I I'm, mean... I'm not going to lie.
4: We We don't look similar. <laughs> I mean, you know... Uh, They have the arm, they have the noodles coming out of their face. You look pretty similar. Those are like the main features of like every one of my species.
2: Well, I mean, they look like, I don't know, similar length and girth too. I figured that maybe was the main distinguisher or something.
4: Oh, okay. I see how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess every guy with hair looks just like you, right, Captain Crash? Exactly.
2: My man. They wish they were as good-looking as I am.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. They look pretty similar. Um, excuse me, sir, Mr. Yatu's friend.
1: You see this guy's uh, face tentacles wriggle in a way that you understand, Gorpheus, is an expression of pure exasperation. Uh, As he stands up from from his leaning position like cracks his back uh and starts walking towards the three of you and uh as he as he approaches he gives you a curt nod but is otherwise silent
4: hello there are you a follower of the way as well okay maybe not so many questions good to meet you sir i am sefer we are the bounty hunters that you were waiting for, I believe. Nice to meet you. I'm the captain, Crash Jordan. I am the greatest pilot in the galaxy, trademarked Cypher. I'm Gorpheus, and I do magic. Show him one of the card tricks. I'm not going to show him the card tricks. I don't think he's going to like those. They're not bad. The the
1: The, the thin third arm... Uh, reaches into a pocket and pulls out just like a gnarly looking syringe that he then grabs with one of his, you know, larger arms, walks past the three of you, and just jams it right in the neck of the Grand Fariniki, pulls the stopper, which extracts like this greenish colored liquid that uh, he then pulls the syringe out, holds it above his face as the tendrils part to reveal that little squid beak, and uh, he squeezes it a little bit more so the smallest little drop of that liquid goes into his open beak.
0: Right. Adequate for amateurs.
2: What what do you mean? I mean, was it not a good enough one for you? Too small? Did feel like a bit of a runt, but it was the only one we could find. Oh,
1: don't mind Chorgoth, says this voice that cuts through the the garage that you're in and you see emerging from uh, some opening doors is a uh, a human man uh, with very nice sick slicked back brown curly hair um, he's wearing like these flowing robes his hands are covered with jewelry as he daintily Approaches you, uh, Chorgith fancies himself a hunter, much like the three of you. He's told me countless times that he would be able to acquire such a fine specimen as this for me, but oh, I need to keep him around for my own needs. <laughs> but I, I must say, look at this. Beauty, Oh, how fantastic, as he is examining the Grand Fariniki.
2: Quite the specimen, if I do say myself. Yes, yes. The biggest one on the planet, they said.
1: I've only seen four, maybe five larger than this one in my time, and... Oh, I have seen oh quite, a uh, quite a number in my time. Uh,
2: oh, I bet you've seen plenty.
1: Oh, yes, I do. So love these creatures. Ah, as he he grabs the syringe from Chorgoth, the the Zeno, and he takes the syringe slams it into his own arm, injects like a third of it.
4: Oh,
0: yes, that's
4: the stuff. Uh Uh Yeah, glad you like it. That's great. This is going well. So is it like a hallucinogen? Oh, that
1: and so much more, my boy.
4: Oh, Captain Crash, you don't want to mess with
1: that. I've never felt that. Anything like it, and it isn't even oh, refined yet. That that will come later. Must not. <laughs>
2: well, are you planning on sharing? I figure. Fish bags <laughs> are so <still> weird. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me you don't like a zap in the right circuits every now and then.
4: This is not the time to be talking
2: about the zaps.
1: <laughs> oh, pardon my my rudeness. I get so excited when a new creature comes in, uh, and he, you know, daintily extends a hand towards you. Crash. My name is Valus. I am uh, so pleased to make your acquaintance.
2: Well, the pledge is all ours. I don't suppose you got any more work though for us. Oh, and uh speaking of work, we were going to get paid for this, right?
1: But of course, my boy, of course. And he's like running his fingers through your hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Chorgath. Yes, uh pay the men, pay pay the crew here. Uh and Chorgath uh reaches with his third little hand uh, into another pocket and pulls out a cred stick that he extends uh, towards you.
2: All right. So what do you guys think? Restaurant at the end of the universe? Or just stay somewhere a little bit more local? Yeah, let,
4: let's maybe go somewhere local, probably, right? Thinking maybe we could uh, take some of these credits and turn them into a couple more?
1: Yes, I have... I have many places I could recommend for you if you are staying local, and if you are, and he smiles this big, charming smile, the Turner Society always has opportunities for those that prove themselves.
2: Turner Society, you don't say. How is the racing
4: circuit?
1: Tell you what, come by in a few days if you're still on mem, and perhaps I can show you the circuit, and perhaps I can talk business with you all.
4: Captain, I never thought I would say this. We
2: must stay on mem. (laughs) I'm surprised you're saying it too, but you know what? This is my kind of planet. We got some surf, the fresh air, some wonderful people... Now, show me where the best drinks are.
1: Uh, yes, I will summon some servants who can show you around. I am afraid I must retire myself. Uh, there is work to be done, as he says as he looks at the now, like, two-thirds full syringe of this goop. Uh, Chorgoth, please, uh... Get the creature. We must take it to the laboratory. Good day, Phoenix 13. I do so hope you will stay in touch.
2: Oh, well, of course. We love our wonderful people around here. And thank you for your hospitality.
1: <laughs> and so, as Valus and Chorgoth exit the garage, leaving The three of you, with your ship, so ends the first job of the Phoenix 13.
2: Well, they were just delightful, weren't they? They were freaky. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. Oh, nonsense. When you
1: finish a job, we move from the job phase of the game into the downtime phase of the game. Let's go! I want to end this episode... Talking briefly about downtime, we'll get more into it next episode, but how downtime works is that there are four phases of downtime and they have to be done in that precise order. You can't move to the next phase without finishing the previous one. The first phase of downtime is payout, baby. Looks good. Cool! Some money. Make it rain. Specifically, as you get back on your ship, you take a look at the cred chip that you were given. You load it up, and you see that you have been paid eight cred for this job. Oh. That is a major amount. For a major job, enough to buy important ship parts. That is uh, the equivalent of a treasure trove is the monetary value of 8 cred. A treasure trove. That sounds
2: crazy. I mean, in all of the... Powered by the Apocalypse games like this that I've ever played before. I've never seen 8 creds. (laughs) We're fucking rich, baby! It's like six figures in my bank account. Like, it's just things that I've never seen before.
1: (laughs) Now, when you get your payout, you have to make a decision here. Because... Part of being a crew of spacefarers is that you've got some upkeep costs to pay to keep your ship running all right. We already know that the Phoenix 13 maybe doesn't run as smoothly as it could to begin with. So every time you complete a job, you're going to have to choose whether or not you want to pay upkeep costs. Upkeep cost is equal to... The sum of your total system quality and crew quality divided by four rounded down. I know that's a little complicated, so I've already done the math for you. Um, Because your comms are level two quality, your engines are level two quality, your weapons are level one quality, and your hull is level one quality and your crew is actually level zero quality. That's a sum of six. Six divided by four, rounded down. You have to pay one cred to maintain the upkeep on your ship. If you choose not to, you're gonna roll one die for each skipped upkeep you've done consecutively, including the first one. Depending on how you roll, there might be consequences to the ship. So it's your choice of uh, whether you want to hold on to that one cred or whether you want to pay it.
2: No, we've got ten creds. where We're going to just do the upkeep this time.
1: Okay, so you're going to pay that one. So you're going to add seven cred to the two that you currently have, bringing you to a total of nine cred, which is a lot.
2: Yeah, we're flushed. That's why we're going to uh, the clubs tonight. You know, we're feeling, <laughs> we're feeling rich, baby. We just got paid. This is probably the biggest payday most of us have ever seen.
1: Absolutely. Now, um, the next thing that is going to happen, you're going to have to decide how you want to divvy up that cred. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. I'm going to end this episode by zooming out a little bit. We cut away from the crew of the Phoenix 13 because every time you finish a job, you also gain and lose status with the people that were affected by this job. And so we cut to the Turner Society these two strange individuals that you just met, Valis and Chorgoth, as Chorgoth is dragging the captured uh, Grand Fariniki through the halls of this magnificent spire. And the thing is still, like, thrashing and and, and like angry and pissed off and valis like as soon as you are out of sight just says chorgoth please it will be fresh enough just deal with it and chorgoth grabs this large axe that like extends like a uh, like a police baton that like folds out of this smaller contraption (laughs) that's (laughs) awesome until it's this big axe that he just swings one-handed into the head of the Grand Fariniki and it goes limp
3: bro, Gorpheus, why didn't you do that? bro
1: (laughs) Vallis says "Uh, thank you, Chorgoth please take it to the lab there is much work to be done as Chorgoth drags the Grand Fariniki carcass through the halls until reaching a large door that opens up, and we see dozens of Grand Fariniki bodies hanging from hooks with all sorts of wires and tubes coming out of them as we see dozens of scientists hacking away at parts of it, extracting substances from parts of these creatures. Vallis walks into the room and says... <laughs> Job well done. We may have to keep this Phoenix 13 crew in mind for the future. As a devious grin spreads across his face. You have gained one status with the Turner Society.
2: God damn it, I hate that guy. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I love it. That's so
4: messed up. That's so messed up, killing all those poor Farinikis, man.
1: From there, I would like to cut back to Akiti, where we see a figure walking through the jungles, robed, hood up, walking carefully through the foliage, very clearly trying not to step on like the, the, the plant life here, when they arrive at the scene of your attempted trap, they see the utterly destroyed carnivorous plants that you dealt with. They see scorch marks from your speeding hover bikes that have destroyed parts of this jungle. They pull the hood down to reveal an old, old, bearded man who glares at the destruction that he sees. As he pulls out from his robe, a small device that he clicks on as a laser sword appears from it. You have lost one status with the Vigilance Faction. And from there, I would like to cut to the man they call Razor, the Scarred Hunter, who is having a drink, still nursing at his neck where he was shot with that tranquilizer dart. Clearly still somewhat handicapped from it even a couple days later muttering under his breath (sniffs) when another man steps out of the shadows in the bar in Base Camp 1 on Akiti this man is dressed in like a business suit but strangely enough is wearing a blindfold over his eyes, and says, Razor, I have noticed that you failed to deliver the quarry that you were paid for, paid for in advance, I might remind you. And Razor turns with a sigh, Now listen up. It was was that Razor's voice. I don't remember. I don't remember now. (laughs) uh... Now now listen up. I I was this close. I swear. And look, give me a couple days, and I'll be back out. I'll be back out in the jungle, Grand Fariniki, for you, just like I promised. Uh, Just give me a couple days to get another crew ready. Hmm. A few more days, Razor, you're already behind the delivery. You know that they're not going to be happy about this. It's not my fault. Look, there was this other group, these, I don't know, bounty hunters that interfered. They took our quarry, okay? They took our quarry, but I'm going to make it right to you. I'm going to make it right to you. The blindfolded man says, Hmm, bounty hunters, you say? Well, I will make sure that they're aware. As stepping out from the shadows, you see a tall Zeno covered in robes, their face totally obscured by these strange garments the blindfolded man nods as does that Zeno at the exact same time and says I will make sure that they are aware and you have lost one status with the faction called the
4: Sahir
1: and we will pick it up from there next time
2: Ooh. All
4: right, I got some research to do. Yeah,
2: (laughs) right? Some factions I wasn't aware of that much.
4: Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I read all the factions super, super
2: in-depth, so uh, I got a couple (laughs) here I got to check out,
4: because they
2: hate us now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we definitely didn't do great there. (laughs) Thank you for
1: listening to Escape the Dungeon. Escape the Dungeon is created by Dom Brass, Nate Brass, Zach Brass, and Mike Cripps, with editing and original music by Tyler Neal. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. To find us on social media,
2: go to Escapedhedungeonpod.com.